May 6th. Our reading today in the New Testament is brief. It's from John chapter 4, verses 43 through 54. And it's about health. Salvation is to the inner person what health is to the body. The boy would have died had Jesus not intervened and given him health. See, the father heard, believed, and knew the father of the boy in the story we're about to read. He heard, he believed, and then he knew, which is a a normal Christian experience. Jesus won the woman, the woman won many Samaritans, and the father, well, he won his whole household. Are you busy in the harvest? Are you trusting him with everything? And with that, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. May 6th, John chapter 4, verses 43 through 54. At the end of two days' stay, Jesus went on into Galilee. He had previously said, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own country. The Galileans welcomed him, for they had been in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration and had seen all his miraculous signs. In the course of his journey through Galilee, he arrived at the town of Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official in the city of Capernaum whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea and was traveling in Galilee, he went over to Cana. He found Jesus and begged him to come to Capernaum with him to heal his son, who was about to die. Jesus asked, Must I do miraculous signs and wonders before you people will believe in me? The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told him, Go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed Jesus' word and started home. While he was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when the boy had begun to feel better, and they replied, Yesterday afternoon at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized it was the same time that Jesus had told him, Your son will live. And the officer and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was Jesus' second miraculous sign in Galilee after coming. My name is uh, Zach Baker, 28, from Columbus, Ohio. I'm in second phase. Um, at a young age, my dad left and wasn't around. Uh, he decided drugs was more important than me. And I'd never seen him. My mom met my stepdad when I was around three, and we moved in with him. Uh, my entire childhood I grew up playing sports was very competitive uh, very good at sports and at the age of 12 I was shot in the eye with a paintball gun and that was all taken away so I had to find something else to do and that was run the streets so at the age of 13 I started doing drugs Uh, by the time I was a freshman in high school I had done every drug except for smoke crack and do heroin um, I spent all of high school getting high, getting drunk, uh, barely graduated, didn't do nothing with my life. At the age of 19 was the first time I had got clean. Uh, I spent three years clean and was in a motorcycle wreck. Uh, I got addicted to pain pills at that point and spent the next five, six years of my life on pain pills. Um, that was when I went to rehab for the first time and 
it was a 12-step rehab, and the only thing it taught me was a better way to do drugs. So I left and continued to get high. Um, December of last year, I found out about the refuge and did not want to come. 13 months, no, it wasn't for me. Uh, but I continued to lose everything, continued to climb into the pit that went deeper and deeper, no matter how far I went down. So I finally gave it a shot. I told myself coming in, I'm only staying a month. A month has now turned into five months, and it's been the greatest time of my life. Uh, I finally, for once, have peace. I'm finally happy for once in my life. Um, I have found God here. Uh, I came in with no knowledge of the Bible, no knowledge of God, no belief in God. For once, I finally can finally truly say that I believe in God, and God is the only way out. Um, I could not have made it this far without God. I have been through a lot since I've been here. A lot of ups, lots of lots of downs. Uh, I've wanted to leave numerous times. Um, I just would like to give encouragement to first phase. Just stick it out, man. Um, the days that you're uncomfortable are the days you're learning. If you are in here and you're constantly happy, constantly in a good mood, you're you're not doing it right. Uh, the days that you aren't comfortable is God working through you to change you and just always try to work towards something. Um, it's not going to come easy. It's going to be hard. It's going to be one of the hardest things you've ever done in your life, but I promise you it will work. Just look at uh, look up to guys in front of you and just keep pushing. It, God will save you. You can be clean. Amen. Your heart is always taking in offense after offense after offense after offense after offense. And if you're not careful, it will begin to damage your attitude. And the person that you used to be, that you could have been, that you would have been, that you were designed to be, begins to corrode from the toxicity of the buildup of all the things that have happened to you. You are a blessed people. We are. We are blessed. We are created in Christ Jesus. We are created in Christ Jesus, a unique individual. There has never been another you. There has never, ever been another you. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years. There's never been another you. There never will be another life, another you. They can walk like you. They can talk like you. They can get their hair done like you. There will never be another you. You are a designer's original, uniquely and fearfully and marvelously made in Christ Jesus. You were created by a creator in his likeness and in his image. Because your creator made you in his likeness, you are creative. You are creative. You know you're creative when you can take a little bit of nothing and do something with it. We are creative. Throw us in the woods and we'll make trees in the tables. We are creative. We can take anything and make something out of it. We didn't have all of this equipment years ago. Our grandmothers had washboards and turned over pots and start beating on pots with sticks. And we made music. I don't care what you put us in. We'll turn it into something and make something out of it because we are creative people created in Christ Jesus we are creative until we collect so much offense that we are using all of our energy 
to manage our pain and all of the energy that could be going toward the abundant life and the progressive life and the promises of God that are in your life that your power is not being used in your destiny because all of your engines are exhausting power maintaining your history Forgiveness is not an idea that, that alleviates the, the perpetrator of his responsibility. It is not about the perpetrator, it's about liberating the victim. It says you abused me once, that was your fault. But if I continue to regurgitate it over and over again, that's my fault. I'm not going to live in where I've been when I have an opportunity to cut the cord between me and you and live in where I'm trying to go. Forgiveness doesn't mean I agree with you. It doesn't mean I think you were right. It doesn't mean that you were flawless. It just means that I have too much in front of me to allow the things behind me to leave me incarcerated and bound by you. And I am not going to wait for you to forgive. I'm not going to wait for you to ask for forgiveness. You may not ask for forgiveness. I can't give you that much power that I put my life on hold waiting on you to come to yourself. I'm not going to wait on it. I'm not going to wait on you to pay me back. You may not ever pay me back the money. I'm not going to lose the peace over the money. I can get some more money if I got some peace. So I'm not going to give you that much power. Besides, some of the people we need to forgive are dead. If you're waiting on them to say I'm sorry they'll never be able to do it but if nobody else cuts you loose you gotta be able to cut yourself loose and say I'm not gonna die right here I am going to let it go Coming from Judea. We're reading Psalm 105, verses 16 through 36. God sent Joseph to Egypt to preserve Jacob's family so they could become a nation. He sent Moses to Egypt to deliver his people. He sent Aaron to assist Moses and serve as high priest for a sinful people. God always has a man or woman ready to sin when a job must be done. And he waits to hear you say, Here am I, Lord, send me. Psalm 105, verses 16 through 36. He, the Lord, called for a famine on the land of Canaan, cutting off its food supply. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them. Joseph, who was sold as a slave, there in prison they bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar until the time came to fulfill his word. The Lord tested Joseph's character. Then Pharaoh sent for him and set him free. The ruler of the nation opened his prison door. Joseph was put in charge of all the king's household. He became ruler over all the king's possessions. He could instruct the king's aides as he pleased to teach the king's advisers. Then Israel arrived in Egypt. Jacob lived as a foreigner in the land of Ham. And the Lord multiplied the people of Israel until they became too mighty for their enemies. Then he turned the Egyptians against the Israelites 
and they plotted against the Lord's servants. But the Lord sent Moses his servant, along with Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed miraculous signs among the Egyptians, and miracles in the land of Ham. The Lord blanketed Egypt in darkness, for they had defiled his commands to let his people go. He turned the nation's water into blood, poisoning all the fish. Then frogs overran the land. They were found even in the king's private rooms. When he spoke, flies descended on the Egyptians, and gnats swarmed across Egypt. Instead of rain, he sent murderous hail, and flashes of lightning overwhelmed the land. He ruined their grapevines and fig trees, and shattered all the trees. He spoke, and hordes of locusts came, locusts beyond number. They ate up everything green in the land, destroying all the crops. Then he killed the oldest child in each Egyptian home, the pride and joy of each family. Proverbs chapter 14, verses 26 and 27. Those who fear the Lord are secure. He will be a place of refuge for their children. Fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. It offers escape from the snares of death.